0: You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Bodju Oyemade. Pastor Bodju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Let me tell you this anybody who embraces God's promises, let's just give an example now in Nigeria today, will be like a stranger and a pilgrim because everybody is speaking the language of defeat. All right? Speaking the language of it's impossible. So anybody who does embrace that, right, will think differently, will speak differently, will speak words of hope, will speak words of light, will tell people that the opportunities and all of that. So a person will be a stranger. Let me just say this here: popular opinion is not godly. Own. If everybody is thinking something, that can't be what God is thinking. Because it says narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leads to life. Narrow is the way, and there are few that find it. So we can't take popular opinion, but say ah, so what's popular opinion? Ah, let's just go with it. Everybody says, ah, this is what this everybody is doing here. All right? It's not a popular opinion. Uh, God's opinion is something that is sought out. It is something that is deep. It is something that, I mean, people that have, have bought God's opinion, thoughts on matters, think totally different from what, all right, is known commonly among people. So you have a set point, and you want to move that set point. An example I constantly give is a man who bought um, a speedboat here. He got promoted, and so he got this speedboat. And in the speedboat here, he decided to take his friends fishing. And so while they were fishing there, they turned and said, look, they wine catching fish in a certain place. So they said, let's go south. And then they turned 45 all right, degrees south. And they went. So he went to the speedboat, turned the steering wheel 45 degrees south, and went back to meet his friends. And the boat went 45 degrees. time, they, f- they finally stopped somewhere and they started fishing again. And a friend told him, he said, Look, this place looks like where we were before. And he says, That's so. They looked around, it's true. And he went back again and turned it 90 degrees and left it again. And the boat started going 90 degrees, so he left it. And one time, they met themselves again where they were. And then somebody said, have you checked the set point of the boots? These new models have a set point. I so said, what do you mean? He said it has been programmed, and until you change that internal program, right? If you turn the steering wheel, what happens is, if it is programmed to be at a certain place, and you turn the steering wheel manually, except you are holding that steering wheel manually there, once you leave it, it goes back to where it has been programmed, which means that you have a set point, which is how internally you have been programmed. That's why God told the nation of Israel, and this is what the New Testament is about. He said, listen, I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, this almighty God, parting the Red Sea, feeding them with manna, demonstrating power took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. He said, they did not continue with my covenant. He says, so I regarded them not. And then he goes on and says that, he says, a new covenant I will make with them. I will write my laws in their minds and inside their thoughts there will I write it. So he was talking about the program that was inserted. All right, within them. He said, We're going to change that program, and this is what the New Testament is about, which means change the setting. It's almost like, all right, change. There's a default mode that is there, and that has to be changed, and there has to be a conversion in that particular thing so that. All right, I will be able to do my will and walk through those individuals. So finally, he realized that. And instead of trying to use the steering wheel every time to do that, he changed the set point. Now turned the steering wheel in the direction in which he wanted to go, left it after some time, and they got there. You see, when you are making resolutions, it's like you are turning the steering wheel of the boat. All right? And you're holding it. So first week, you're saying, this is my resolution. This is my resolution. This is my resolution. This is my resolution. You're consciously doing it. After some time, you have to let go of it to attend to other things. Life starts. You go to work. You go here. You do all of those things. You let go of the steering wheel. The set point comes back. Bam. Are you following what I'm saying? The new real resolution lasts for 10 days. Because what you do is that you can't hold that steering wheel forever. You have other things you have got to do. Okay, let me tell you the difference between set point. If a person is learning how to drive, you know, they'll be holding the steering wheel, doing this. All right, holding, the, I mean, they can't look anywhere. If you call them, they won't dare touch that phone because they are holding the steering wheel. Do anything they can't do that they're holding. But once they have mastered driving there, what happens is that set point inside their heart has changed there. Now, they can be talking, they can be laughing, they can be doing five things, I mean, with their mind, but they automatically are handling that, which means to improve the air, you have to take your life from willpower to automatic. You get what I'm saying? A pilot has got to hold the plane here when they are taking off. But once they overcome that law of gravity after some minutes there, and the plane gets into that cruising mode, then he can leave it, and it's now an autopilot. The pilot can even come out of the cockpit and come and join you in talking. That's what the Bible says, labor to enter into what? Rests. There's a labor phase to change the set point. Once you change the set point, your heart now carries you. You are no longer carrying your heart. In other words, once he overcomes, there's that period here of overcoming it. But once you overcome the law of gravity and you get to that place of rest, you can enter. That's what the scripture says that the kingdom of God is as if a man should do what? Cast seed into the ground and he will sleep and arise and that seed will spring forth and grow. He knoweth not what? How? Okay? So changing the set point was the first thing to do in terms of changing the set point here. Quickly, let me just say this here. First thing, so you must understand the laws of changing what is at subconscious levels. All right? So the same way James was killed, there might have been things, in. that's why I say is they are mindful. There might have been things that have happened in your past. There might have been things you've seen with your parents. There might have been things you saw with people around you. And right on the inside of yourself, you have that set point without knowing. It's there. So you may struggle, you may do all kinds of things, but it is just all right there. And then you wonder how other people in the same environment, all right, are seeing all those things they are seeing and entering into things and opportunities. First of all, what they've done is their minds, all right, have been completely changed. So Isaiah 54 verse 1, all right, you start out by changing your set point uh, let me just give a few tips by praising God. So when you're saying, all right, your willpower can only last for a period of time where you have got to use that will to actually not to try to produce, but to use your will to change the program. Do you get what I'm saying? here? Because once the program has been changed, the computer will run the process for you. Because it's out of that person's heart comes the issues or the experiences in the life of that person. That's why the children of Israel couldn't go into the promised land. God was with them. Until the church understands this, we are, we are basically wasting our time, even if people are preaching. Because God came to them. God in heaven came to them. Stood with them. But the program inside them for 400 years, at least for 307, 60 years, or 50 years, was a program of slavery. That's why when you see any person thinking that some people are oppressing me, that's the problem. The oppression, first of all, because any oppressor wants you to think that you are being oppressed. They are safe. They got you. Because when they are not even oppressing you, you say they are oppressing you. Once you believe on the inside, talk to every, uh, any person of color, they believe that all right, the cards are stacked against them and that the racism will not make them succeed. That, in their mind, that's where the real problem is. It's not on the outside. Uh, You follow what I'm saying? And that's what you're going to see. So if a person of color walks past you and doesn't greet you, uh, you can even look and say maybe there's something in their mind troubling them. A person or a Caucasian walks past you, they say they are rude, they are racist. Because that's how you see it. I have, listen, nobody can convince me to play victim card on anything in this world. It's absolute rubbish. All right? It's just seeking sympathy. It's absolute rubbish. Ah, let's play the victim. Ah, let's say we're oppressed. Oh, we play the victim. Oh, we play the victim. All right? It's absolute rubbish. Doesn't change anything. And what playing the victim means is that you are saying that you are faced with circumstances under which you can never change them. So don't even attempt to do anything because you have accepted that you cannot change those circumstances. Anything that you do is what is called motions there. You are just doing the motions there. The same way the church was praying for the release of Peter, it was motions there, not, for, not done in faith for anything. So the first step in this here is that you enter with praise, right? Don't try to make anything happen. Just start praising God for everything you have said in 2024 that you want to happen. Do you get what I'm saying? Don't start by trying to make it happen because you don't even know who the connector to it will be. You don't know who the person will be. You don't know the opportunities that God, you don't have any idea how God is going to get it done. All right? So how do you start it? All right, you spin a cocoon around yourself and use your will to do this To start praising God and thanking Him for His presence, for the future that you have in Him, and praising Him and rejoicing in the glory that lies ahead in 2024. There is something about singing and praising God that opens, and it's the only thing, that opens that part of where the program is so you can have access to that particular place. You see, this is what Jesus did. When he died on the cross, you know, I admit mean he died. The Bible says the veil, you know that, was rent into two. You know that. You know that. Now, that veil there was a veil in the temple That now said man could now go into God's presence. But that veil also meant that God that was inside could also come out and manifest himself. You get what I'm saying? Now, what's the veil that is keeping God from coming out and manifesting himself? The Bible tells us that veil there is the veil that is over the mind. So, what Jesus said was, and when the Bible says the last enemy of Christ is death, and he will subdue his last enemy, that death there is not, he has conquered physical death. That death is the carnal mind that is dead. The limitation God has in his church is that the mind is carnal, that mind is still veiled. Because once the veil was rented to resurrection, power came. That's why Paul was praying. You read it. It's just study. That's why Paul was praying. He said that God will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of you understand What was the last thing about it? That, that we may know. The exceeding greatness of his power. When the veil was rent into two, the Bible says dead began to rise out of the grave there. There was resurrection. People were coming and walking on the streets of Jerusalem because it's the mind that has to be opened up. So the issue here is is very simple. Once you begin to praise him, I start praising him that veil there now. All right. That's why the Bible says, when you turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. It's put it up in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, when you turn to the Lord, the veil, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So once you turn to him there, the veil is under attack. So first thing is to start turn to the Lord and start praising him. That's why Isaiah 54 and verse 1 said, sing to the unproductive person. He says, sing, O barren, which is unproductive. Thou that did not bear forth, break forth into singing and cry aloud. that did not trouble a child. For many are the children of desolate than the mere. In other words, the people that are getting results, the people that are not getting results, they have more results installed in them than the people getting results. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you should never be jealous of anybody listen the person you are seeing that is desolate the person you are seeing that doesn't have anything going has more in their spiritual womb than the person that is even has but you know what the problem is they even compare themselves to those people and go depressed all right they look at people and say why am i in this state they don't understand that what they are supposed to be is locked on the inside they feel the yearnings what, what is causing the dissatisfaction Anybody who is dissatisfied with life here and is not happy about their life, let me tell you, it's not anything on the outside. What is causing the dissatisfaction is that what you are seeing on the outside doesn't meet what you have inside you, full stop. That's why you're not satisfied. One of the words for success is satisfactory progress. In other words, you are making progress in a way that matches what you have inside you. You are satisfied with your progress. All right? So he says, sing! Look at the next verse. It says those boundaries, ex, next verse, extend them. All right? Enlarge the place of your tent. Is, is he saying that where you are living, you should go and enlarge? That's not what he's saying. It means you are living in under a confinement. Do you get what I'm saying? Leave the scriptures there. There's your tents there, your the, confinement. Let them stretch forth the curtains of their habitation. Spear not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Next verse says, for thou shalt break forth on the right and on the left, and your seed shall inherit the Gentiles. But he says the key to it is to approach this thing here. So don't start by using will, use your will to sing. Don't start using your will. You know, the Bible says, when that seed will spring forth, he knoweth not what? How? How? And the Bible says, let the people praise him, then shall the earth yield its what? Increase. In other words, you wouldn't know how. Which means that you don't know how. You just went out and met somebody at the airport. You shook hands. You don't know how. All right. All that was orchestrated because for you to meet that person, the person had already decided on a 6.30 a.m. flight. You had already chosen a 9 a.m. flight. God wanted you that they must meet on the 9 a.m. flight. So you can't explain how that person got to 9 a.m. They woke up 6.30 a.m. Somebody called them. The angels moved right there until they were able to change their flight. When they wanted to change it, they said there was only one seat left. Do you get what I'm saying here? All that detail, God does it for you. The Bible says, he knoweth not how you just met the person. If you actually sit down with that person and ask them how they find out. You know, many things God has done, we don't even discuss to know the depth of what God did. We don't even do it. All right? I've I've said this to you. Anybody who seems to be prayerful and they don't have results, just look at them very well. Check what I'm saying. Are sad. I'm going to teach this first night in Waffbeck. Jesus never planned to heal any human being on this earth. I hope you know that. I hope you know. It wasn't the plan when Adam was created that Jesus would be coming to heal. I hope you know. Man was, not, man was supposed to live in permanent health. Isn't that what? Isn't it because of the fall of man Jesus starts healing? He wasn't supposed to heal. How is the person supposed to heal? He says the spirit of a man will, will sustain the infirmity of his flesh. The spirit was designed, your spirit was designed to uphold your body and keep it healthy. Once that spirit is sad, nothing can work. Once that spirit is sad, nothing can work. I've said this. It's not the water on the outside that sinks a boat, it's the water that gets into the boat. That causes the boat to do what? To sink. So there's a hole in the boat where the water comes through. So all Satan does is come to your life and try to punch a hole there. Somebody does something to you to make a hole there. And once that hole comes in, you open it up, and then the water begins to come in from that place. See here. You can have friends, you can have family. You can have anybody, church members, you can have anything. But your thoughts must be your thoughts. What am I saying? What I'm trying to tell you is that let nobody come in. Even if you meet a person and the person is injurious to you and they do things and it looks like they want to punch holes here where you now start talking about and talking about. Look, you can walk in love with social distance. Are you following what I'm saying? Lester us someone said, if you have more than three close friends, you are into spiritual adultery. Everybody's your homie. Everybody has access to your life. He said, if you have more than three close friends, you are looking for something from human beings that only God can give. Do you get what I'm saying? Let there be a myth around you. Let people realize that, how is this person making advancement? Because we think that people that make advancements must be greeting everybody everywhere. Let people sit down in their houses and think, and God reminds them about you, that you are not all over on the streets in every house at every party, but look at the strides you are making in your life. You're not trying to meet everybody. I've said this, I think I said this last week. That many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment is from God. Like, that people, favor is not a democratic thing. It's not based on how many people say they, they, no. Favor is a judicial action of God. In other words, it's by the judgment of God that God says this person should be favored. So a person can be hanging around kings for 15 years. A stranger walks in, and they hand to that stranger what they have not given to somebody who has been hanging around them for 15 years. Or else, how would Joseph become from jail? Did did Pharaoh know him from anywhere? He came from jail to become prime minister of the place there and all of that. Uh, Do do you think there are not people that were inside that place that were were hanging around Pharaoh that would not have been upset at what happened? It's about you doing right in your own life. It's about you living according, all right, to the commandments of God. You know, many times, even today, people are chasing success instead of God's will. I just want to succeed, but not God's will. God's will, let me repeat what I'm saying. God's will, let me repeat what I'm saying. God's will will always, on every occasion, lead to resounding success. Let me repeat what I'm saying because many people say I'm doing God's will and it doesn't, nothing is evident. That's not God's will. Jesus said, When I sent you, did you lack anything? If, if, he says, I took him from a howling desert, I instructed him. All right, I instructed him, he says, I caused him to ride on the high, high places. If you're going to take God's instructions from today, in three, four months, you will not be recognizable. And that's why people are not paying attention to God and seeking His face to find out what His will. So what people just they just look on the outside. Let's see what and everybody says, Oh, this is God's will. I, 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 I as God's will, I did this. I did that. No, no, no. If you find God's will for your life and you obey the will of God for your life, you obey God's will for your life. And this God's will for your life is not that like you are telling somebody this is God's will. It's not that like you are announcing that you heard the voice of God. That's not God's will. God's will are the nudgings of the spirit in your heart where he tells you to do something, and you quietly go and execute those things. That's God's will. It's not something that you are trying to impress some people. It's not something that you are trying to be pseudo, pseudo-spiritual. No, it's just, this is what God laid inside my heart, and I'm going to get up and execute this. Right? So, we'll continue next. Week. Well, the first thing you do here is you start by praising God. Use your will and turn yourself into a person who praises and worships God for the thing that He said before you? And I said this here that anybody who is doing, and people don't rejoice, I'm saying this. Look, they said the key to answered prayer is living faith, the key to living faith is perpetual praise. The faith that is alive that walks, is perpetual praise. Once the song goes, the life goes. All right? That's why the scripture says, even when there are trials and temptations, count it all what? Joy. Because once there's no joy, there's going to be dryness. So you start out by saying, God, here's where we're going in 2024. I'm not going to force that by trying to make it up because I don't even know how it's going to happen. I don't know who you're going to use. I don't know how. And how it will happen is not my business. For the Bible says, he knoweth not how. All right? How in the sense that whether somebody walks walk through the doors, whether somebody will do this, whether somebody will say this to you, whether you'll meet this person, you don't know. So it's a life of adventure. It's a life very, it's a very powerful life. It's a life of discovery. It's a life where God daily loads you with benefits. It's a life where you are downloading the life God has prepared for you from the foundation of this world. And you start by praising him and worshiping him. And he begins to respond to that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. As we've come to the end of this year, we come with a heart of gratitude unto you. For your faithfulness, for your invisible hand that has kept us. For your your faithfulness, for your loving kindness, and for your mercy. For the Bible says, without your mercy we will have been consumed. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace that you've poured forth. And as the covenant nation, we come with hearts of gratitude to say thank you. We have seen things happen in this ministry. We've seen things happen in this church that is nothing else but just your finger and just your own hand that rests upon us. We have seen a flow of grace. We've seen a flow of your spirit. And we come to return all of the glory to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.